0: I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast.
1: Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Hornady Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Swerzyk. And today, another full table. To my left, the marketing director, Neil Davies. Across from Neil, senior ballistician Jaden Quinlan. Special guest to the show, former Hornady employee, former Senior ballistic scientist, uh, outdoor writer, and uh, all around just ballistic guru, Dave Emery. Guys, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Hi, hey guys. It's Absolutely. good to be here.
1: So, Hornady, in the last, oh, gosh, uh, probably decade or so, we've really made some huge advancements in bullet technology, cartridge design, and in external ballistics, and just understanding of what's going on in, during the firing event, or internal ballistics. And one of the areas we've really made some advancements on is trajectory solution calculation. That's something that we are passionate about. Jaden, I'm going to steal some words from you here, but we can make the best bullets and ammo in the entire world, and it doesn't make a lick of difference if you can't hit what you're aiming at. That's right. And we want you to hit what you're aiming at. Uh, from a guy who doesn't always hit what he aims at, it's way more fun when I, when I hit what I'm aiming at, right? So uh, it's something that, that we're passionate about and as long range shooting became more and more popular and prevalent and now very much mainstream there were some big deficiencies with what was out there and with the help of Dave uh Jaden you know our, our engineering team uh, and some software development we came to market with Ornidy Fordoff 4 degrees of freedom and that software be- became instrumental in Hitting what you're aiming at the first time, no matter where you're at in the world, and there has never been a commercially available calculator that had this much power. And there's been some others out there, um, kind of similar, but they lacked, in my opinion, they lacked the user interface that was easy to use. They lacked some some other bullet brands that that everybody wants to use, and so Fordoff became kind of a An amazing thing right here in the convenience of your cell phone, free of charge. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty unheard of in today's day and age. Um, But it didn't start that way. It didn't start on your phone, and it surely uh, wasn't easy. So I want to talk through Ford off. Now we've got Hornady podcast number 49 and Hornady podcast number 51. So for the listeners out there, you're going to want to go check those out. They talk you through what it is and how it works. And they give you some tips and tricks on getting things set up. I want to focus this podcast on why. What, 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 what was the idea to, one, develop this, sink a whole bunch of funds into it, and then just give it to people for free? And what did that, that process look like? So before we get there, let's set the stage. You know, it's 2014 time frame. Um, barrels are getting better quality. The ability to get an accurate range from a laser rangefinder. I remember my first laser rangefinder, a little yeah. Bushnell jobber, 200 yards, that was it. Little? Yeah, I have the yeah. big one, the first one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you could get 200 yards out of it, and, you know, we primarily used it for bow hunting and stuff, uh, but that technology changed drastically, and in 2014, 2015, for, you know, under $1,000, you could get a rangefinder that'll get your range to 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to get that range plus minus a yard was getting better. You could grab a scope, grab a turret, turn it, and it would move to what you told it. Because I think we all probably cut our teeth with scopes that you you even looked at the turret wrong, zero was shifted. Or if you dialed it to the right, you had to go back to the left. And um, so the, the quality of this stuff was all getting better. And we found ourselves in a, in a position where the limiting factor wasn't the bullet, wasn't the ammo, wasn't the shooter, wasn't the range, wasn't the scope. It was that the solution that we were getting from these calculators just wasn't cutting the mustard. Mm-hmm. So 2014 timeframe, I'm bringing that up because that's when we got our Doppler radar and a lot of advancements really started happening for us. So prior to that, what were you guys using? You know, Neil, Marine Corps, scout, sniper trained. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what were
3: you guys we used using? a calculator and mill dots back in those days.
2: You were, you'd go spend hours and hours out on a range and you'd have your little notepad yeah. and, you'd, and you'd have, you know, you'd go to this page to find out, well, this is close to the weather conditions I had that day. And, you know. You, well, and the, dope. Yeah. And your, yeah. and your,
3: your bullet yeah. was going transonic at where 800 or so, but, and so. Yeah. 900 maybe. So you'd have a different BC that you'd have to use for calculating. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was the dark ages. That was a yeah. long time ago. And you had to have M40 that dope,
1: data on previous engagement because yeah. yeah, if the weather changed, you had probably, you probably had dope on your gun from every conceivable environment you've ever shot in yeah. that you could reference. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there were some free calculators out there, still out there. One of them, JBM ballistics. That's I mean, probably where I cut my teeth early on.
3: Yeah. We just, we just had, got back from the Hornady PRS match in Utah and it reminds me of a conversation with George Gardner and Jeff Badley. I mean, these guys were shooting what would become PRS. It was like sniper matches and field matches and stuff a long time ago. And they just would literally have sheets of paper that they'd written down dope on. And they'd know that at 500 it did this. I mean, they were shooting targets at 500 and 550 and 6 and 7 and 8 and whatever and had dope for the day kind of calculated and on a piece of paper is what yep. they're using, but it was by firing until they figured out where they needed to be at 500. It wasn't some big calculation. Yep. Right. Yep. So yep.
1: for, for those big calculations, like I'd mentioned, I was using JBM ballistics uh, as a, as a, as a kid uh, and Hornady had a ballistic calculator on our website that uses, that used BC and early on what, you know, Were you guys using G1 at the time mainly? Was there a big push for the G7 yet?
2: It was all G1 up till 2000, you know, maybe 12, 14, somewhere in there when, you know, G7 started to get pushed, but it was all, all G1 based. And, you know, all, every single one of the calculators was the same. I mean, you know, G1 is basically, look, and... In this distance, based on the G1 compared to the standard projectile, it loses this much velocity and this much distance. And every single one of the calculators did, had the same algorithm, did it the same way. It, just, there wasn't, it was all the same.
1: And not take into account any of the other stuff that we know now, like aerodynamic jump, for no, example. No, it,
2: it, it, as far as those uh, programs were concerned, a projectile could be a concrete block. It didn't, mm-hmm. didn't care. There wasn't any characteristics of the projectile at all. Yeah, could have been a chair, bowling ball, concrete block, yeah. or a really efficient bullet. It didn't matter. All it knew was, was it said, well, based on G1, it loses this much velocity in this distance, and it takes it this much time to fly that distance. And it's, it was hardwired. Yeah. I mean, that was it.
1: And that creates errors when your bullet is grossly more efficient than what the, the G1 standard is. So then there was a shift to using more G7-based BCs, and that was an advancement. Yeah. Kind of.
0: I mean, what you saw there was the G1 or the G7 is a, that drag curve of that specific bullet is is under the hood of those BC programs. And so when you feed a BC number into it, let's say a G1 BC of X value, it takes that curve that's in there and it moves it up and down to match the the BC number you told it. The problem is that it never is a perfect match to your bullet. So what you saw in the advancement from G1 to G7, a G1 is a very stumpy ogived flat based bullet a g7 is a more uh aerodynamic longer ogive with a boat tail not as advanced as some of the bullets we're shooting now but let's say a a long ogive boat tail bullet of the 90s early 2000s era was fairly well represented by the g7 shape okay so when you went from g1 to g7 you're using a drag curve that's more representative to your bullet and so Mm -hmm. the the trajectory predictions are better the errors are less observable but it's still not
1: perfect yeah, it's still not perfect, but it it's still doesn't right. know anything about your bullet other than it doesn't the know caliber, the, the weight. It doesn't
0: know it's a bullet. Yeah. It just knows a couple different metrics. I mean, it, like Dave said, I mean, it's predicting things in three degrees, elevation, up, down, left, right, and range. It doesn't, it's just a point in space in those three orientations. It yeah. doesn't it, know
2: anything else. It, it doesn't have any consideration or allowance for dynamics of the bullet and what that can do to... The trajectory and the flight of the bullet.
1: Okay, so there were some huge limitations there. From a industry standpoint, we're getting to the to the point now where the range—it's—it's it's not a range estimation error. It's not a, a problem with the optic, the turrets. You can dial a turret, and it's—it's it's accurate. Bullets are shooting really, really well. We're simply missing targets because of bad data. So, what did that early talk look like or sound like for? hey, we're measuring the drag of a bullet. You know, we have drag coefficients. We're using a Doppler radar. Maybe maybe we should look into doing a calculator. I mean, a, there was a
3: lot going on, though. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, had nothing to do with the scientific part of the whole process, but bullets we were making now, the most advanced bullets that our company had ever made, if not in the industry at that point in time, with the advent of the heat shield tip. So now we've got this bullet that, is going to retain its shape as it flies through the air, but there still wasn't a good way to measure it. Now, Dave had used some things, uh, had used programs uh, for scientific testing that were giving you accurate calculations, but, there were, but it wasn't dumbed down to go on the internet or in a phone no. app at the time. Yeah, it was an advanced still so, we Software could we could use that but you're not going to go to the rifle range with this, you know, laptop computer and you know yeah. that that's not happening, right? And you had yeah. to know
0: what to feed that thing. Right. Like it was, you can't just put a BC number into it and get it. I mean,
2: it requires a lot of data to run that. I mean, it was a very very advanced tool, so but it wasn't the kind of thing that, you know, the average guy is going to pick up. I mean, he's not even going to know what 99% of the inputs are. Yeah. And those
1: inputs are specific to that individual bullet that you're shooting. So you need yep. to know not just the stuff that you can measure with calipers in a scale. It's right. mass distribution and the, the density of certain materials and the layout of the bullet and jacket thickness and yep. all of these things, plus many, many more, because again, it's a spinning object. Like you mentioned, Dave, the, the dynamic responses of the bullet. Uh, so that program that you had access to, and we were measuring drag, did you guys think early on that, hey, we need to make this a thing for our consumer? Or was it, hey, let's use this internally because you know we want to hit what we're aiming at during our testing? You know, when you're launching bullets out to track them with the radar out to 2,000 yards or something, you want to know where that bullet's going to land.
2: Well, I think it was you know, Neil hit on it, that there was a a whole lot of stuff going on, right? I mean, in about a two year span, I mean, almost the entire complexion of the industry changed and it transitioned from the traditional two to 400 yard hunter to, Hey, the military and competition and guys, I mean, these guys are wanting to shoot at extreme, I mean, like a mile, two miles. And we were starting to make bullets capable of doing that. And at the same time, we were doing the radar testing, and it's like, hey, we're getting real honest-to-goodness aerodynamic data off of these bullets, and there was no real, well. There's, no, there's there, nothing there, for the layman to use right. to, and
3: to, to, to realize the benefit of the product. That, there, was, that there, was the thing. There was
2: not easy-to-use, accurate-under-all-conditions solver. That existed at that and, point right. in time, and part of the part of the things that were we were dealing with back
3: then was there was a lot of people that had started doing quote unquote long range hunting. So they're shooting animals at longer distances yeah. than they'd ever done non traditional. And again, for the record, our position is if you can get closer, you should. So yeah. let's keep let's keep that in mind. But there are people that were shooting animals now at at greater distances than what they'd typically been doing in the past. Well, again, well, that was the driver for what we started off doing, and when I say "we, I mean you guys, yeah, <laughs> um, with what became the ELD-X hunting bullets, we wanted to provide these people with a bullet that was reliable because prior to that it, it, most everybody was using a tail Hall point match bullet that is not predictable in terminal performance uh how it's going to react sure it'll it'll do several different things depending on who knows yeah, whatever a bunch w- of variables, yeah, so okay, good. So now we have a bullet that will be reliable and perform consistently all the time under, you know, if you do this, it does this, but there was no good accurate calculator for you to make those impacts. I mean, it's great. The bullet's going to do its part, but if you hit high or low or whatever, you're, you're not going to have lethal yeah. effects on an animal. Yep. Um, obviously there's a target sh- match shooting application there too. But that was all kind of the driver as we were going and we were in a period of time there for our company where we were hardcore into just, boy, ballistic aerodynamic advancements, technological advancements for the shooter with what then became our solver. So that's kind of what shaped the impetus for some of this stuff to happen.
2: Yeah, Yeah, the... The end user was beginning to do things that was way outside the capability of anything that had traditionally been used. There was now, as you said, equipment that was capable of doing this, but there wasn't any reliable, foolproof, truly accurate solver to give these guys the answers they needed. And we had been using this software for years and years and years to design bullets and with the radar, we now were able to get the data to drive this software to give us the answers that we needed. And it turned into, hey, you know, this is really something we need to figure out how yeah. to package to give to the community to be able to have this tool.
0: Yeah, because we were using it ourselves. I mean, right. So we, we, we all lived in the BC world
2: prior to what you just
0: said, Dave. So we suffered from the same problems that everybody did with, with using that system. But at the same time, we would go run this super advanced software we have, and it would tell us the correct numbers, but we don't have it anywhere. So we were running printed out drop charts from that system instead of using a BC calculator that's going to be available to you in the field on a phone app or on a Kestrel or whatever it may be. So we essentially, and then we would go shoot that piece of paper and it would be more accurate to what was going on than this live fed calculator that we're running in the field. Absolutely. And so the natural, you know, progression from that was, well, can we d- take this and make it
3: accessible to everybody? Yeah. And this first, first yeah. I- iteration was online. So we, yeah. we'd had right. a traditional BC calculator for a long time and then programs were written and it was... A f- the, the Ford off capability was integrated onto the, our website. website.
1: And I remember, I think it was August of 2015, the, the Vortex Extreme uh, was a match that was held every year and they, they've quit doing it now, but that was still up in Tremont, Utah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jaden, I don't know if you remember, but you and I uh, flew out to Utah to shoot this match yep. August of 2015. And what I love about being in the West, there was a 1,000 yard range public range, 200 yards off the interstate. Yeah, that was great. Uh, uh, I forget the town in uh, Utah. But anyways, I remember we went there the day before the match and we had to go to, it was a special website that wasn't publicly available. That's but right. Yeah. We, so we had to go to-
0: We were still beta testing. Hornady.com slash Fordoff
1: off dash beta <laughs> or something like that. And we were able to go the day before the match, get the atmospherics and- You know at the time i was still using i think i was using streelock at that time uh for bc on my phone because there was the one of the only ones with an app right and uh we went out there to to utah into the secret web page and it was like oh man yeah this ford off is is amazing in the the website layout was pretty rudimentary but we just selected the bullet we were shooting 140 eld matches and putting in our the good atmospheric data twist rate and all that and Wow, this is this is going to work. And we went to the hotel, got on Wi-Fi and made a little dope card for the next day. Uh and we probably I think we I don't know, top 10 or something like that. And yeah. like we won the match or whatever, but uh uh it wasn't because of bad dope. It was it was that stuff was spot on and it was kind of like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is amazing." Yeah. And uh, I didn't understand the complexity at the time. Um uh, Cause for me, it seemed really easy. There's a drop-down menu. I just pick the bullet I'm shooting and that's it. That's,
2: that yeah, seems easy enough. You didn't see the pages and pages and pages of stuff that was behind yeah. that one little input page. Yeah. But, well,
1: We've talked about it in many different forums, but I think it's worth bringing up here. You know, the, uh, I hear this a lot when people talk to me about Ford off versus other BC calculators that are out there now. And it's like, oh, it's just two ways to get the same answers, you know, and I no, prefer to use this. No. And it's like, you guys don't understand. No. It's it's not you're not going to get the same answer. You might be able to manipulate a BC calculator to give you the same or the correct answer in this particular instance. And when the temperature changes, and your elevation changes, and it it's going to be wrong again. You'll have to fudge it around to make it work. It's well, not if, the same if
2: your wind changes if depending upon the range, the angle. Uphill down here. I mean, all of that kind of stuff. And the further out you go, the bigger and bigger and bigger that problem becomes. Yeah, because yeah. you're dealing with the you know,
3: you're you're dealing with this sliding, you're you're trying to match the your bullets performance up to a known projectile and they're not the same. They're so it's a it's a sliding yeah, system. Yeah. yeah. But I mean I've been through Jaden's uh Fordoff class a number of times and I don't know how long you spend, Jaden, going through uh why these are all the inputs that we use for Ford off and then what's a bc calculator? like four yeah three yeah, and four. three and four but yeah, i mean it's like it's like a couple of hours of all this information and i try to tell people i'm like okay all that is just so that you you know that uh ford off is better yeah. <laughs> you know, so. yeah. yeah yeah
0: i mean it's you know orders of magnitude higher in complexity and what it's doing um but a, you know a bc calculator is going to take Three to four inputs. The, the main three would be bullet weight, bullet diameter, ballistic coefficient value. Some calculators will take a fourth, which is bullet length, where they're attempting to do uh, aerodynamic jump and spin drift. Which is um, st- yeah, which it's not yeah. uh, technically. But uh, Fordoff is taking 437 unique values to every single bullet and applying those, and those are aerodynamic values across the drag data, across the aerodynamic moment and coefficient data that you know essentially will predict a bullet's dynamic behavior in flight uh, in addition to its inertias and and where the mass and the exact center of gravity location all of those things that are important to be able to execute the equations of motion that predict a projectiles behavior in flight that's what is in there yeah
2: yeah the you know to the, the, to put into context what the the engine in fordop is really doing the inputs the data and the output that it gives are really equivalent to, uh, you know, what's used to predict the the flight of a long-range missile, long-range artillery, whatever. It it it's It's, yeah, sure. it, it's that, the same.
1: That level of complexity is right. not even close to the four inputs. Oh no.
3: Uh, no, no we were, way. We were shooting bullets at uh, bullets at two miles in Utah with Robert Brantley and Tom Manners out of his a uh, giant uh, king nope. of the two mile gun. So yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, those are definitely, yeah. uh, you're getting with it. So and I mean, if you can predict yeah. that kind of performance, I mean, that's real.
1: One of the, the important things that Jaden mentioned that I, I helps people separate the idea of a ballistic coefficient solution versus using something like Fordoff is the equations of motion, right? There are physics equations of motion and to solve them, You need vast amounts of data specific to the individual projectile that you're shooting. Yes, And things like spin drift and aerodynamic jump, to to calculate those, you need to know the bullet you're shooting. So if you're using a BC-based calculator that says it's giving you spin drift or aerodynamic jump, it doesn't know enough about the bullet to calculate those.
0: It technically cannot do that. Yeah. It's, it's using an empir- a formula that's based on empirical data. So what those guys do is they go out and they shoot a bunch and they try to pull out the raw spin drift or they try to pull out the raw aerodynamic jump from what they observe mm-hmm. and then they generate a formula that mimics that. And that's what they put in there it's, because it's the only way to handle it. You can't do it any other way. It's
2: exactly the same as BC. You're trying to come up with a number that, yeah, boy, you know what? This is a pretty good approximation of what happens, and that's yeah. all it is. It's an approximation. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 math. It's just yeah, it's just better math with more inputs. I mean, you, it, you know, it, yeah. it's not solving the physics. It's a curve fit to questionable data, and that's yes. ballistic coefficient based solutions. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, you, you hit on it there, you know, the equations of motion, that's why they came up with BC because back in the day when they came up with BCs in the late 1880s or something, they didn't have computers. And to try to do all this on a pad of paper with pencil with somebody that could do the math was like, that's half your career. It took days, weeks, months to do this kind of thing. And so they had to come up with hey look, we got to dumb this down and simplify this to get a reasonably usable number over the range that we'll expect people to, yep. to shoot something. Yep. And that's, that's why they, they came up with it.
1: And I think one of the reasons we're seeing, we, or we, you know, we saw back then and we're seeing now that continued divergence, it's not, it's not the range, it's the time, you know, yeah. Mm. If you're shooting 200 yards, the bullets there right now, people are shooting time of flights now that are seconds. You know, when you mentioned the key. Yeah.
3: We were shooting those, what were we shooting? Three, seven, fives. And, uh, Yes, ten second time of flight. I that, believe it.
1: That bullet's in the air for so, so, so you long. could shoot.
3: Literally, I mean you could if you wanted to, we didn't, but you could shoot and then go Roll back the bolt. <laughs> go back to, to the to your glass and see where you're yeah. gonna impact on the spotting get scope. Get up, or something. have a drink, walk back to the spotting scope. But yeah, I would be spotting so like John Kyle Truett from Foundation, yeah. he had his son there and his little boy shot. So yeah, anyway, I wasn't on the glass. <laughs> Fires the shot and then you like kind of casually walk over and look through there and see where you splash yeah you got plenty of time
1: yeah that's remarkable so uh from uh from a technological standpoint we've got so much complexity it's it's, uh not easy but to to make a, a website page that's probably the first you know okay that's the easiest thing to do and that's available, and it's still out there. Hornady.com, click on our calculator. You can toggle it between a BC calculator or Ford Off. Not the world's most convenient, though, when you're out on a backcountry hunt or you're at a PRS match. So the natural progression is, hey, we we should get this, you know, in your hand. Mm-hmm. And—
3: uh, Yeah, again, I mean, it, not just match shooters, but hunters, too. Yeah. We try to provide you with a bullet that's going to work under
1: conditions, conditions
3: that typically people weren't weren't using— well, now let's give you uh, the capability to predict your impacts so that you can cleanly dispatch animals, mm-hmm. you know, at the, at the ranges that you feel comfortable with, obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, that was a big part of, uh, of why it came to be.
1: So was, uh, it's available right now in an app free of charge. You can get it on your phone. And it's also available in a Kestrel. Um, and, and the Kestrel was kind of just the. And this is what everybody's using anyway. It, it it should be in here because they're rugged. They're you know waterproof. Simple. People have driven over them with their car. I mean, like they're pretty indestructible. Um, and then then you have the cell phone app, which is incredibly user friendly. I mean, just if if you've been around a cell phone most of your life, which a lot of us have. Gosh, it's it's simple to use. It's easy to use. Which one of those came first, and how did that project uh, take place? I think we started working on the phone app in
0: 2016. Yep. Yeah, I think that's right. And the Kestrel would have been probably 2017. 17, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So that an app, you know, for anybody that's never done it, it's not like you just magic that thing into existence. That takes...
0: That's a lot of work. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever looked at Dave and I, but we're not like cell
3: phone technology guys. So no. it, was, yeah. it was too, you know... I got to dig on you, Dave. So fun <laughs> fact about Dave, so... Dave, <laughs> Dave would leave. Dave was very efficient. Now that you're gone, I can I can give you a hard time. But anyway, Dave was super efficient. He'd get everything done, and he'd be. But he'd walk out the door at five o'clock, and about ten minutes later, you couldn't. You wouldn't answer his phone, so it was off. So yeah, that's Dave's. That's Dave's uh, cell phone savvy right there. Uh, yeah, I, like, got I don't own, want this thing. It's off. I yeah. got
0: my first smartphone in twenty fourteen or fifteen. Yep. You know, I had a flip phone up. Until <laughs> yeah. yeah. Minute, so and also <laughs> uh, during
1: this time when we started working on the cell phone app, I don't think Jaden still owned a TV. Yeah, <laughs> that's correct.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't. Yeah. I don't think I got a cell phone until your wife. Had a spare one. Somebody turned back they in you her have desk, one. and she said, "Hey, would you like a cell phone?" Yeah, well, yeah, okay, <laughs> 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 yeah, tethered so, tethered to it for yeah, life. Right. Yeah. So that
0: said, you know, we're not going to build a phone app. I mean, if I had had a, a smartphone for one year prior to embarking on creating a phone app, that's not going to happen. um So we we partnered up with an app developer that was pretty experienced and had a good reputation. Excellent. Uh, and we've been working with them ever since. I mean, yeah when i think back to the first generation of the app it almost makes me cringe um mm-hmm. on the user we just didn't know what we didn't know you 100%. know we we took a stab at well it should be something kind of like this and some of those features are still in the app today some of them them held um but it's changed a lot we've we've continued to try to improve it and add features and and it's nowhere near what it looked like in 2016 and
2: it's a yeah. living
3: project it's it's never done yep. and and then there's other issues that you run into when there's a a software update on the phones well then it could present a bug to the app and then you've got to yeah. counter that and they're, they're pretty good about being proactive about it but that's just the unfortunate reality of of stuff that's att- attached to a to a phone
1: yeah i think that's one thing that also people don't quite understand when your phone you go to bed at night it automatically updates that can wreak havoc yeah. on not off specifically all apps and then so there's people behind the scenes going oh there's a bug with the new android update and we have to do this and there's all kinds of workarounds. And, and
3: that should be a word of caution so to anybody out there that's watching or listening if you've got a an important hunt that's going on or you've got a match that's coming up make sure you check to make sure that your app is working correctly if you need to sync it you need to go sync it um but maybe you don't need to update your phone the night before you're going on your once-in-a-lifetime elk hunt, you know? Yep. So just keep that in mind uh, because you need that app to work correctly. Yeah. And those are out of our, I mean, once that, Apple or Android does, a, does an update, it doesn't mean that there's going to be a bug, but the potential it could, is, be. C- could be there, you know? That's true. So and be
0: aware of that. An important thing, though, around that time when we decided to do the, the cell phone app, that was the next natural progression, was, you know, it was going to cost us quite a bit of money to go down that road and we decided to do it and commit to it. So the next kind of decision to be made was do you charge for it or do you offer it for free? And we had a lot of conversations about that and it, it mainly came down to the point where, you know, there's, there's folks that are brand loyal out there, right? There's guys that are, they love burger bullets and that's all they shoot. They love Sierra. That's all they shoot, whatever it may be. And that's, that's great. They, other people make good bullets too, you know, so our standpoint was: Do we just do Hornady bullets? Do we put anybody else's bullets in? And the decision there was: Yes, let's let's put as many let's other everybody's in, you know, um, bullets that are worthy of of being in there. So long range capable bullets. You're not going to see a varmint bullet in there or mm-hmm. a traditional you know lead tipped hunting bullet or something like that. Sure. Um, so that was step one: add competitor bullets. And then, do you charge for it or not? And the thought was: You shouldn't have to. You, you already paid for the product you shouldn't have to then pay an entry fee to be able to use Use the product to its designed intention. Mm -hmm. And you've seen that from a lot of other places. You know, most other places will charge you for a ballistic solution, and we don't feel that's right. You've already put your money into the product. You've you've voted with your dollars. You should be able to use that to its highest possible degree uh, without having to pay
3: more money. So we offered it for free. And for some of the other folks that are providing those uh, ballistic apps, that's their business. Sure. I mean, that's... yeah okay it's part of what we do but our we're selling is bullets, bullets and we ammo. want
2: you to realize the capability of our product yep yeah and you just hit on it there i i think that there was also a line of thinking too that you know this this is a paradigm shift in the industry and in the, in the users and yeah because we're not it, using bcs right. and yeah. if you're going to charge people to use this they're going to be like oh what i got now is just fine we yeah. wanted people to come in and use this and it's like if you're going to charge an entrance fee, that's, you're going to really limit that. Yep. So it's like, we want people to use this. That's true. I mean, true. we've
3: added other features and we'll continue to add cool new features that are, you know, paid within the app for certain things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. But, you know, the, the the app is, whatever we make off of that is, <laughs> I don't think it's covering uh, Not much. much. It might keep no. one light bulb on someplace. But the, yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and there are some nice features like you mentioned the the multi HUD, the range card feature, and now the group analysis feature. Yeah, That group analysis feature is absolutely phenomenal, and it kind of leads me to one point that I want to bring up. Um, it' more more technical than historical, but one of the big separators for me in in hitting what you're aiming at the first time when you show up. You know, it, we don't all shoot in the same place. Sometimes I'm in Missouri or Kansas or California or wherever. And you can show up and have good data and one of the reasons for that is we have a feature known as zero angle yeah
3: mm-hmm. i'd like to hear you guys yes s- try to do your best to simplify that for everybody out there because it's the one thing that kind of throws everybody for a curve from time to time because yeah. they just don't understand it instead i mean i i try to encourage people just just trust it but i mean you toggle back and forth from zero range which means that's your typical okay Seven. i shoot at 100 yards and i'm Dead zero typically, okay, cool. And then you've got zero angle, so you could toggle to that, which is a more advanced feature and is a it's a one-time zero for that firearm system. I mean, yeah. if, if if you don't change any of the componentry or anything or projectile or powder or anything else, uh, you've got a zero now that that will account for environmental conditions wherever you want to get zeroed at uh, Camp Lejeune, at Stone Bay, and then you want to go uh, sheep hunting in Uzbekistan or let's say some, you know, in, yep. in Alaska where you got 2,000 foot, 3,000, 4,000 foot, you, you don't have to confirm it. So yep. I'd like to see if you guys can try to yeah, simplify so that for you, the user. You want me to take a shot first? Well,
0: I was going to say like kind of the groundwork going into it is we had all lived with zero range. I mean, right. that was the way things were done. And I, and I remember, um, we were sitting down looking at stuff and, and essentially parsing out how zero range does not work. It, it, it's a function of those unique conditions when you did it. So essentially, we see the zero range change, right? We would go zero a gun on one mm-hmm. test day, and then that rifle would sit in the ballistics lab untouched. And we go back out the next week with the same exact ammo, same exact rifle. Nothing has changed but the zero changes when we go shoot the second day. Yeah. And so we knew by by nature of that observation that this isn't right because this isn't how it works. It's not repeatable. Something is wrong. And so it's that the
2: environmental changes. Right. Yeah. Well, wind, direction, speed. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's a 100-yard zero in Death Valley on a 125-degree yeah. day is not going to be a 100-yard zero in Telluride, Colorado on a 20-degree day. Yeah. It's, just the app, the air density is going to change your zero. And Jaden and I talked a lot about this. And I, I had some previous um, experience, you know, firing artillery where it's, it's not a zero range. It's a, what's your atmospheric conditions and what they call it QE or what angle do I have to put on his gun to get it to go to where I want it to go. And that's when we started saying, you know, we need to treat this like artillery where it's not any zero. It's okay, I know the mechanical relationship between where my scope is and where the bore of the gun is. That is a fixed mechanical thing, it never changes. So if you can establish that, then it simply comes down to if I know my atmospheric effects, I put this angle on the gun, which is come up on the scope, and you're going to hit the target. And now you've separated this whole thing from well, I got to re-zero every time I go somewhere and I have to re-zero every day. And if I go from here to there, I got to go to get to a range and, re- you know. Because you have a baseline yeah, zero it, angle.
3: Right. That In these yep. conditions, this is yep. what I was.
2: Really what it was. And I remember you and I talking about that and even actually saying it. You know, what we're doing now is taking a a small arms rifle and treating it now like it's an artillery piece like the military does. Yep. It's It's not about any kind of zero. It's about what is the angle I have to put on this gun, which is controlled by the scope come up in order to get it to, hit where I want it to hit
0: and that's how it actually works. You yeah know, that's you
2: you hit a point
0: down range not because you told the program some arbitrary distance in relationship to it. I'm zeroed at 100, 100 is the distance, zeroed is the arbitrary relationship. What you're telling it is I'm launching this bullet at this angle through this environment and it says okay, it's going to go here because of that. yeah, and
3: then from then on out, the calculator will use environmental inputs that you place in, in the in the engine. And we'll tell you what you need to do. Uh, it'll give you your, your come yeah. up. So obviously to get that barrel angle, correct for an impact.
1: Yeah, yep. And I think one of the, the key things that will separate, cause there's other BC programs out there that offer a quote unquote atmospheric zero, which sounds like it's the same thing. And it's similar, but since those are BC calculators, they can't calculate aerodynamic jump and the, the crosswinds present during your initial zeroing. And when you set up your zero angle, it's critical that those are documented correctly because it seems like it's 100 yards and the bullet's going 3,000 feet per second. There's no way that can have an effect on it, but it certainly does mm-hmm. depending on the angle and the speed of the wind. Right. And like I said, that, that really separates things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can zero a rifle, and this is tangential, but we all, we're doing now, a lot of us are doing 10 or 20 shot groups to establish the zero of the rifle and set up the zero angle feature with a 20-shot group, and now once that's done and it's done correctly, it doesn't matter
2: where you go. Mm-hmm. No, well, and that, that's it. the same thing. You're you're instilling error into the system. You know, can you go out there with a 20-shot group and look at that and go, ah, uh, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, I'm about three quarters of an inch high. And you get a calipers out and you measure that and like, uh, no, that's more like 0.63 inches high. Right. Well, boy, that's a big difference at 1,500 yards. Yeah. Yes, it is. It can be for sure. And I mean, for a
3: lot of folks that are, you know, casual hunters or shooters, if you you learn how to use the app, you're going to get a better solution. I think part of our uh, responsibility is to try to explain how some of these things work, aerodynamic jump. Might be a little comp you know, these 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 things might be complex, um or, or abstract things for some folks. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if you just trust that the app is doing this stuff for you and calculating these things and trusting that if you put the right information in there, you're gonna get the best output. So it's a difference between hitting a deer in the heart at three hundred yards or maybe hitting just a little high and clipping the lungs instead of the heart. I mean that and that that's relevant for everybody out there. So it's an app that obviously is great for everybody shooting matches, but I wouldn't discount it for somebody who's shooting, hunting as well. Yeah, hunting and shooting deer, yeah. at relatively, you know, uh, conventional ranges, anyways. Yeah.
1: Well, you do have to trust it, and, and uh, when that zero angle feature first became available in the app, uh, I wasn't hundred percent dyed in the wool, blindly trusting it either. And there was a match out in uh, Broadwater, Nebraska,
3: Yeah, about <laughs> okay. you know, five sure.
1: hours and some change away from here. And the day before the match, I had Jaden's AI 300 PRC mm-hmm. with the Hummer barrel on it. Mm-hmm. And I forget what the hand load was, but uh, Reloader 26 and a uh, 225 grain ELD match. Didn't do any load development, just plugged it together, went to the range, shot a 10-shot group, and set up the zero angle on the Ford Off app. And the zero range or uh, zero we range. did just, them both? I did them both. I cloned the profile and had one labeled range, one labeled angle. And there was a PRS match and uh, they had a side a PRS stage. PRS match was a 300 PRC? No, no. They had a side stage. Oh, okay. One mile shoot. Oh, yeah. With the 300 PRC. That's why I was going to take the 300, just, you know, $5 why to, not? yeah, whatever. So I set them up both zero range, zero angle. We, that was on a Thursday, on a Friday. We drive from 1,800 feet here in Grand Island, Nebraska, to 4,500 feet out Mm -hmm. by Bridgeport, um, Nebraska. Totally different environment, whatever. Get the 300 PRC out of the case. Watch the wind for a few minutes. So I opened up the zero range and the zero angle, and I decided, okay, i got to use the zero angle. It's a new feature. I trust Jaden. He tells me it's the way and the light. So I open up the zero angle. I get the dope after watching the wind for a while put it on the gun first round impact at a mile and it was like okay
0: did, I think did you go back and look at your zero range file to see what it would have told you to do yes would it have
1: been wrong it would have been not only wrong but off of the off of the 36 inch square yeah. it was you
0: know so so even though you know we've done all of those advanced things in Ford off to to make it the most advanced calculation possible you're still hamstrung by things that are wrong like like zero range I mean you can use zero range but it's not it's not how it works. You're still inducing error into the system by using zero range versus zero angle. Yeah.
1: And I've been a believer ever since. You yeah. set one of those up and you do it right, it simply works. Yeah. And uh, that to me was the aha moment, like, okay, that is how it works. And, uh, and it, it's just a paradigm shift for folks. You know, yeah, I mean, we're also
0: is. used to the convenience of zero range, which is I just put in a number and my involvement in that is done. And with the zero angle process, like you were saying, Dave, you know, in artillery we launch at a certain barrel angle. Well, how do we know, how do we find what that angle is on our gun? We can't throw any sort of angular measurement device on the barrel and figure that out. It's too precise of an angle. It's just back calculating it. So you find it by experimentally shooting. You shoot a group just like you would for your zero, but then you tell the program everything that happened, You know, the environmental conditions, the wind conditions, and then specifically where you're hit, to your point, Dave, of like measuring each bullet hole and getting yeah. the true average or mean point of impact of where you hit. And you tell all the program that, and it says, okay, the only way that you could hit there at that distance in this environment is if the angle of the barrel was X, that becomes your zero angle. And so it's a little bit more involved than just typing in a number on zero right. range, but that that work you put into doing that is well
1: worth it. You'll, it you'll re- yep. read through rewards. How many of our listeners are going to be guilty of what I'm about to say? I'm guilty of it too. He set up a zero range off of three shots mm-hmm.
0: off of five shots good luck it could be perfect, but statistics say it's
1: not going to be yep i've i I know I, a and lot data of data I know that a lot well. of really good shooters who do that and then throughout the day at a match they're bumping numbers, changing zero, changing b c doing whatever they're doing to fudge stuff around on those b c based calculators that are that are out there and uh doesn't have to be that way yeah and
0: you can do that and you can get away with it and be successful doing that if you have enough experience doing it Mm -hmm. but what does it cost you to get to the level of experience where you know what to tweak and how to tweak it a lot of time on the range that should be an indication to you that something is wrong because you feed it the information you know velocity environmental conditions bc twist rate all those things you feed it that stuff and it spits out the wrong answer Mm -hmm. there's something wrong there you shouldn't you shouldn't have to continually lie to the program and manipulate things to get it to predict what you're
1: observing, yep, yeah, that's exactly right, and so uh on top of everything we talked about, uh you know aerodynamic jump being one of those that you don't
3: have to lie to the program to get accurate numbers. should probably take a split second to yeah. cover the aerodynamic jump for some folks you know, sure
2: well, aerodynamic jump is a uh, a physics thing and I'm old enough to have played with a gyroscope when I was a kid. You had the gyroscope and you wrapped the string around it and you oh, zip, yeah. you on know, the thing sitting here. Well, a bullet's a gyroscope. And don't ask me to put the math to it. But the, the physics of a gyroscope is is you put a force input into it and it reacts 90 degrees from that. So there's a thing called the, you know, the right-hand rule. You put your hand like this, your finger points down downrange, your thumb is up and your middle finger is, is a force input. Well, if the bullet's flying downrange and it feels a wind pushing on it from the right, its response is going to be up. If okay. it's a yeah. twist rate, matters If too. it's a right-hand yeah. twist rate, yeah. 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 That's the right-hand rule. And it's, it's the same thing. If you're going downrange and the wind's from the left, it's going to go down. And, and this is very, very useful for guys that are sheep hunting that are shooting off a cliff you know, you shoot off a cliff and 10 yards away, you all of a sudden hit this 20-mile-an-hour updraft. Your bullet's going to go to the right. Mm-hmm. It's going to jump to the right. It's all called muzzle jump, but it's going to vary in its direction. And it's, it's just a basic physics principle. You can't get around this. But to predict it accurately, you have to know the equations of motion of the bullet. Other than that, you're right back to BC again, and this is an estimate.
1: Yeah.
3: Yep, that's,
2: that's a big, big feature that's added into the Ford offside. Yep, of
3: it. yep.
1: That's yeah. One of those features that's misunderstood, I think, by by a lot of folks, but present and needs to be accounted for if you're going to hit what you're aiming at. From you know, and and we talk about it on the recreational side. A lot of us, all of us here, are competitive shooters, but you know, even on you know, competitive is a leap. Well, yeah. We go shoot, to the competitions.
3: in a competition. Yeah, we yeah. shoot in yeah. competition. Being competitive is a whole other thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But
1: you look at like the military sniper application where, you know, they're high value stuff and you got one shot, you want to make sure that you put it where it belongs. Um, and, and something like a BC-based calculator is simply not the right way. Right. And it's great to see technology evolve now that, that is easy to use, that is available on a, on a mass scale. And that also is pretty darn all-inclusive. I mean, we've got obviously all of the Hornady bullets that are applicable, but we've got Berger, Sierra, Lapua, Warner Tool, Nozler. Vapor Trail, Nosler. Um, I mean, any applicable bullet is, is we've got it available and that, that library is changing. Gosh, it used to change quarterly, let's say, but now with uh, Jacob working in the lab, um, we are adding bullets at an incredible rate uh, to just continue to expand that library and expand the usefulness to our consumer. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's finishing up. I think a set of ten um, non-Hornerty bullets to add in. A lot of them are folks that listen to the podcast and send us bullet samples to add in. A lot of those are going in right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll continue to do that.
1: That's a, a great point. You know, we we always encourage interaction. So you know, for the listeners, if you Drop a comment on YouTube, or if you want to interact with us directly, email us at podcast at hornady dot com. Uh, we've got a bunch of suggestions for bullets, and sometimes people want bullets that simply won't work in Ford off. Um, you know, let's say they're a polymer tip bullet, and the tip uh, deforms in flight. Well, that we can't we can't predict that. Yeah, so we can't in Ford off. But a lot of those that have reached okay. out that want a certain bullet, it's like oh, we've been trying to buy it, but we can't find it on the shelf. Have sent in fifty bullets and. Uh, we really appreciate that, and it, it benefits the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's uh, so so, yeah, something that we do appreciate, and we don't take lightly that yeah. you know. Well, I, I think th-
2: you know, not to just you know slobberingly try to promote Hornady, but you know, I think there's a there was a very big sentiment in there when we did this that you know this isn't about. Us, Hornady, and, you know, we want to advance the community, we want to advance yeah. the industry, and we want to benefit the end user. And that we realize that there's people that don't shoot Hornady bullets, but this technology can benefit the entire community. Yeah.
1: It can, and it has. It has greatly, you know. And so for the, for the listener, Hornady.com, it's right there on the, on the web-based if you want to use that. Uh, go to the uh, App Store or Google Play, uh, Hornady Ballistics. Uh, that's got the ford off calculator there and it's also in the kestrel with ford off as well so several different options for you uh to get it use it and uh and harness the power of the 21st century you know because the uh, bcs go back a long way yeah and uh, it really has like you'd mentioned earlier in the podcast dave it's a paradigm shift uh and it's not always easy for somebody to go well i want a match using you know this bc calculator and, uh, you start asking them, well, do you have to, do you have to change stuff that you know is true, like your muzzle velocity or, you know, stuff like that. And they just, they start to connect the dots and really mm-hmm. see that.
2: that. That was always the one thing that just completely blew my mind was it's like, you, you know, you as a shooter, the only number that you really know for sure is your muzzle velocity. That's the only number, you know, why are you changing it? If you have to change it something else is wrong. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, you shouldn't have to change anything.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we're and we're constantly looking at little things to do to improve the to, to improve the the app anyways. Um inclusion in the Kestrel has been a big one too. Sure. Give somebody another option. You can back up what you've got going on um by having maybe some duplicity with the phone app and then with the the actual
2: Kestrel unit itself. Yeah. And you know, you were uh... This just came to my mind. You know, you are talking about muzzle jump. The other thing that this has, you know, is spin drift. Oh, sure. And and this is something that a lot of guys just really don't even think about, but that became very, very real to me on a very early use of the LDM bullets when we went on an antelope hunt. And I was calling the wind for somebody at a very long shot that I wasn't really comfortable with, but we had a good range. I made a good wind call, but I forgot spin drift. And we got lucky. We hit him in the neck instead of the chest and you know immediately after the impact it's like oh crap i forgot spin drift Mm. well this this shot was considerable distance and you go back and you backed out the numbers and it's like yeah this was like a foot and and that's what it was and that made it very very real to me at that point that you know you if you start talking these extreme distances if you have you know if you're not going to include spin drift you're going to miss and and spin drift is exactly the same as muzzle jump. It's as that bullet goes over the top of the trajectory and starts coming down, you start to get a, com, a small component of the wind that's hitting that bullet in the bottom, and it's the same thing with that. You know, the wind's now hitting it in the bottom. It's going to push the bullet that way. So that's interesting. And and again, these uh, BC programs that have spin drift, it's again an estimate. You know, an they, empirical they, they, formula they can't they came predict up with. it. Yeah. And how good was their data that they came up with this formula for? Who, who knows? For yeah. some bullets, probably pretty good. Yeah, and for others,
1: probably not so much. Yeah. and it all comes back to like Jaden mentioned right away: equations of motion. And if if you're dreaming up empirical formulas to solve equations of motion, you're not solving the equations. Yeah, you're you're putting a bandaid on a broken bone, figuratively speaking. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: I mean, so for people who do download the app, there's a pile of videos out there showing you how to, how to work the app and how to, you know, get your inputs and how to use zero angle, which is always another one. And, uh, you know, ultimately just ask people to, to trust, shoot it, trust it. Yeah. And And it's free.
1: Download it and run it side by side.
3: The, the the big one is, uh, I mean, just the environmental, you're going to have better, your, your impacts are going to be where they're supposed to be if you have the correct inputs on the day of your shot. As yep. long as when you did your zero, well, you know, you can you can travel from yep. you name it, uh South Carolina to go uh hunt elk in the Rockies and maybe confirm zero or confirm trajectory, let's say, that's about it. Maybe yeah, check a, sure. check it on a rock at a couple hundred yards and if you hit there, you're good, good to, go. to go.
1: Yeah, but I think that's uh yeah, that's a big uh, a, a big selling point for Ford Off. you can take it anywhere and it it simply works <clears throat>
3: like africa maybe
1: yeah yeah like africa yeah. you can do that <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know the the other big thing that became very real to me too now having lived in the southwest and done a lot of shooting in mountains is and you and i did a lot of tried to do a lot of work with is is high angle of fire mm. you get beyond 300 yards in a rifle Rule doesn't work anymore. Yeah, the cosine angle. And if you can't solve the equations of motion for angle of fire with some of the ranges guys are trying to shoot, you're gonna miss by a long ways. Mm-hmm. But Fordoff, you know, solves the equations of motion for angle of fire. And I, I've, you know, a lot of this stuff too. I had problems with. Is like, you know, is this really real? You know. And i in in where I'm living now. I had opportunities to shoot out to like sixteen hundred yards at thirty degree angles of fire. And I'm gonna tell you, it works. Hmm. I mean, I've had first shot hits on man sized targets at sixteen hundred yards with a six five Creedmoor.
1: That doesn't happen and on accident.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. So another another
1: thing related to those equations of motion uh, and how important it is to have your individual bullet to solve uh, the trajectory solution. Uh, you know coriolis uh and earth based effects kind of a almost romantic kind of thing you know you're talking about oh i'm calculating the you know my trajectory with the spin of the earth and stuff it's kind of got the the cool bobbly swagger kind of thing going on but it is a real thing i think it's generally overstated but uh how does ford off handle earth based effects
0: sure so there's there's really two different components to it um and and based on your direction of fire so an easterly or westerly direction of fire you have an alignment with or in opposition to the rotational vector of the Earth, um, and that plays into a thing called the Yatvos effect. Uh, essentially, um, you're going to start hitting high or low from that. When you start shooting north or south components, what you have occurring is, since the Earth is an uh, ellipsoid, Unless there's flat earthers out there, yeah, uh, but make them mad. The earth, the earth is an ellipsoid. So what that means is if you're shooting north or south at all, you're, you're at a different circumference. The shooter's location is at a different circumference of the earth than the target is because it's north or south of you. And so the rotational velocity is different between where you are and where the target is. Um, and so you'll see a little bit of left to right deviation from those two. The north and south components are generally pretty small. Um, You have to have extremely long time of flights to really start to see that exposure show up on target. But the east to west stuff is absolutely real and observable by most of the shooting we do. when we started, so we, we validated Ford off before we ever launched it to the public, right? Absolutely. We went out and shot the, the it. The
2: two of us didn't believe some of this because we had some conversations. Do you, you really believe some of this? It's like, man, eh, you know. I that seems like an awful about, lot. Yeah, I know. don't know about this. Um,
0: so we did we did validation on, on earth-based effects, and we went out and we shot groups. I don't remember the range. I want to say 1500. 1,500 yards. Yep, and we had a location where essentially we could... You know, face east and shoot a 1,500-yard target and then spin around immediately mm-hmm. and face west and shoot a 1,500. And wind conditions were low, really wasn't much of a contribution. Velocity was tracked the whole time and accounted for. Um, and, yeah, it it's real and it predicts it correctly. Yeah. Um, and we did the same thing with the angle fire. Like you said, yep. Dave, you know, you've experienced it down in, in New Mexico where you're at now. Um, I took a trip early on before we launched it down to Southern Colorado, where I grew up and did a bunch of high angle validation across various calibers. Um, and we've continued to validate it. I just shot the Cody NRL Hunter match where there was one stage out of 18 where you had less than 15 degree angle of fire wow, and everything was perfect. I mean, so um, the the level of complexity is not only in the bullet and how it's handled with the equations of motion, but also everything else included, you know, um, the earth-based effects, the angle fire, all of that stuff.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, earth-based effects not to be overlooked, especially on those really long shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's convenient on the, the uh, cell phone app, you, there's a toggle right there, no problem. Yep. And then on the Kestrel, I think Kestrels are always on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't turn those off, You can't toggle
2: those off. Yep. But again, for those 1,000-plus-yard shots, um, yeah, we. I mean, we understand some of the skepticism of, of people with some of this stuff, because it, it is all very new. I mean, there was some of this stuff we were skeptical about and had to go prove it to ourselves. But I, you know, I just want to tell any viewers or listeners that, you know, we too were skeptical about some of this. And we went out and proved it to ourselves and said, yeah, this does work. And I, I remember when we did that East to West thing, it, it was... I think we were firing a seven mag and 162 ELDMs, and it was like seven or eight inches difference with exactly the same hold, exactly the same scope setting between firing east to west and west to east. You two well, cats it, have had a lot of aha <coughs> moments in your yeah. Oh, yeah. time we've done, together, we've done, a uh, thing or two. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's cool. Well,
0: yeah.
1: To uh, quote Bill Nye the Science Guy, it's not magic; it's science. It's science. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when you're using BC calculators to do a lot of this stuff,
2: it's not magic; it's witchcraft. Yeah. Dirty witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's uh, dramatic math simplifications that work for a certain approximation, Approximation, but yep. you rapidly get outside of what is capable of handling.
1: Yeah, awesome.
2: Well, I appreciate you guys
1: uh, discussing this stuff, especially on the historical side of, mm. you know, apps aren't easy to develop. And that took a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources, both financially and just the time <laughs> consumption. And you know, getting it in the Kestrel, and and you know that that's kind of been the industry standard for mat shooters and and snipers alike. That you, you have a Kestrel because of how rugged they are, and having it available uh, out there on the interwebs there at Hornady.com. Just we've got an option for everybody, and because it's free of charge, the bars of entry are pretty low. If if you've always used BC your whole life, and and some of the stuff is ringing in your ears, like, huh, yeah, I have to run. You know, uh, a muzzle velocity that I know is incorrect, and I'm I have to change my BC uh, three or four times a day during a match, and I have to change my zero range and all that kind of stuff. That's sounding familiar. Just download the app and run them side by side, and uh, yeah, let yeah use some uh, like Bill Nye the Science Guy would say, use the scientific method to test it out, see see what works for you, and and I'm confident you'll see that uh, when you do this, it's it just works. One of the things that's always not always, but one of the things that has annoyed me as of recent, maybe annoyed's not the word, but forever using BCs, going back to my first time I opened jbmballistics.com. G- junk in, junk out. Good data in, good data out. Okay, yep, got to do that. With Ford off, that's true. With a BC calculator, you can put in every possible thing to the most nth degree that you can measure it,
2: and it's, it's so still wrong. wrong. And right.
1: to me, that uh, yeah, good data in, good data out, you know, it's like, no, no, I don't know. Cause it's, mm. it's, it's smoke and mirrors yeah. and, uh, and there's a better way now. And, uh, like I said, free of charge, we've got some in-app purchases there. One of which is that group analysis feature. And we, we spent a lot of time talking about, uh, zero angle and how beneficial that is. And with the group analysis feature, it's never been easier to obtain your zero angle. Uh, you can snap a picture of the group, set it up and uh, plot your points versus your point of aim, and it will automatically calculate that zero angle for you. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of good in, good out. You take your environmental measurements to the best of your ability, shoot a a, a close to statistically valid
2: sample and set it up and that zero angle is going to be perfect. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I can speak, <clears throat> excuse me, to this just a little bit because I'm a I'm a dinosaur. I mean I'm a I fight computers. I fight cell phones. I fight all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I can tell you, you know, Ford off on your cell phone with the features that it have is truly bringing ballistics shooting ballistic calculations into the twenty first century from something that didn't change for 120, 130 years. Yeah.
1: Yep. And you can tweak it and refine it and do all the stuff you want to a BC calculator, but it's still a BC calculator. Yep. Yep. You can you can put in 20 BCs at different velocities, and it's still using BC. Doesn't matter how, yeah, you could simulate a drag curve by calculating BCs all the way out, but it's still the calculator only knows BC. So, with that, is there anything about Ford off and the design and the implementation that you guys want to let the listeners know?
3: I mean, the one thing I would just part with is that we're constantly looking to add features that make it better for the Shooter to use, absolutely. Um, so there's going to be more things continually coming down. They all take time, they take effort, they take money, um, and you know most of our folks that are dealing with that deal with the app are doing other things too. But um, and and most of the stuff that we add is is unpaid stuff. But it's just constantly trying to make it a little easier for folks to use and to add some features that uh, we get from going to matches and either seeing something that or Discovering something we'd like to have work a little better for ourselves or talking to other folks. So we're, we're constantly trying to improve it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a bandwidth thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a good point, though. We are we, we are passionate users of our product. We do go to matches to pseudo compete, uh, but we do use the product and we listen to people who use the product. We listen to our advanced users out there. I mean and the math's not changing. It. The
3: math's good. It's that's no. 100%. user interface stuff. Yeah, it's just interface in, things yeah. or Features. or maybe other you know range card type information or calculating certain things differently for the shooter. So there's just stuff like that that we're
1: working on. Anything else across the table?
0: Uh, we have a saying internally that Ford Off doesn't lie. Um, Ballistic lie detector. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the only times we've ever seen problems with it is when there's an input that's wrong. Yep. somebody you know in a training event a guy comes up he's like hey this thing's telling me this and i'm seeing this like this thing is wrong yeah so you're okay, on you're on let's MLA go back versus- let's go back through your inputs and every single time something's wrong you were in meters instead of yards or yep. vice versa or your muzzle velocity yeah. is not correct or well, one of those inputs is not still. correct
2: yeah uh yeah yep.
0: it won't lie to you if you feed it good info i've That's experienced
2: right. that too with training stuff i've done so yeah. it's same thing yeah spot on awesome guys well Thanks for all your hard
1: work on this project and all the others. And this one specifically, it's helped me. It's helped all of us internally, uh, millions of our customers. I mean, it's, it's helped everybody hit what they're aiming at with more consistency. And like I said, to start the podcast, it's always fun to hit what you're aiming at. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Seth. Yep. Thanks. Guys, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast about the history and the development of Ford Off. It's free of charge. Give it a try if you're currently using BC. I think you'll like what Ford Off has to offer. If you've got suggestions, comments, don't hesitate to drop a comment or hit us up at podcast at Hornady.com and we'll catch you on the next one.